0: You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. Welcome into Loho Daily. I am Loho, a.k.a. Lawrence Holmes. Thanks so much for listening to my post-game podcast. I like that we've added this to the mix of the Loho Dailies. Bears win 16-6. to there is a lot to talk about from this game. And before I start talking about the implications for the Bears offensively and what I know is going to be a long week this week when it comes to taking phone calls from the people. But I'm the people's champ, so I'm going to let the people say what they got to say. But I know what they got to say, and it's that Chase Daniel should be the quarterback even if Mitchell Trubisky is 100% fine. I'll get to that in a second. This was a great win predicated by what the defense accomplished on Sunday against the Vikings. I mean, going into this game, as the week's going on and you're hearing, oh, well, you know, Akeem Hicks didn't practice. And you start looking at, well, Bilal Nichols is not available. Is Akeem Hicks even going to play? And then we find out that Akeem Hicks is out. Nichols is out. We get the late word. I, I was at NBC Sports Chicago when say like, what happened to Roquan Smith? And nothing apparently happened to him, but he had a, a personal reason on why he didn't play today, and I don't know what that is yet. I've heard a lot of different things, but there's nothing that I feel even close to comfortable talking about. So I'll wait until the team or Roquan says something more about it. But, Considering all of the things going into this game that could have made the the Bears an underdog, and then you get that type of performance. I'm going to talk about Khalil Mack because he's amazing. But Nick Williams played great. Roy Robertson Harris played great. Nick Kwiatkowski was destructive. He was absolutely destructive. Blowing up screens, blitzing making plays in the run game to stop Dalvin Cook. Dalvin Cook came into this game with 375 yards on the ground in three games. He leaves this game with 410 yards on the ground. That's after 14 carries for 35 yards, an average of 2.5 yards per carry. Yeah, he got the touchdown late, but you saw that that what the Bears' defense did and what this defense has been really good at over the last three years, and adding Mackie in last year for sure, but over the last three years is they take your will. There are, there are games when this defense can just take your will, and that's what they did. The Minnesota offensive line got no push. This is after having the leading rusher in the league. They got no push. Why? Because Nick Williams and Roy Robertson-Harris did a great job of gumming up the middle. And then all of the pressure that was outside, guys were making plays all over the place. The linebackers were coming down and, and fitting into their, their, their gaps. Danny Trevathan was amazing. So was Kwiatkowski. Let, let me go over the, the defensive numbers in the game. Kwiatkowski led the team in tackles with nine. He had the sack. He had a tackle for loss, a quarterback hit, obviously, and a forced fumble. Danny Trevathan had eight tackles in this game. Really, really good. Nick Williams with seven tackles, two sacks, and a fumble recovery for him. Khalil Mack with a sack and a half, a forced fumble. It's almost like you can just pencil that dude in for a forced fumble every game. Here's a question for you. Whether you're Jay Gruden or Kevin Stefanski and Mike Zimmer, exactly why is Mac single-blocked as much as he is single-blocked? Go back and look. Look at all the times that they leave him one-on-one with a tackle. You're begging for your quarterback to get destroyed. And on top of that, you have a quarterback that doesn't want to get rid of the ball. Kirk Cousins, man, I hate to say this about the guy because I'm really glad that he empowered himself enough to get $84 million guaranteed. That guy is trash. He is terrible. When it comes to him taking on the Bears, he doesn't seem to have a clue. Whether it's Fangio or Pagano, they have that guy wired. And when it comes to pressure, he does not respond to it. He missed the throw where Adam Thielen beats Kyle Fuller on a double move. It would have easily been a touchdown. He can't get the ball there. Khalil Mack has got that guy 100% spooked at this point. He doesn't know what to do. Advantage Bears on that. Defensively, they played great. It's weird. I grew up. Watching the 85 Bears. I was young, but I I watched those guys and I watched them, you know, after they won the Super Bowl, even with teams that probably should have won championships but didn't. I covered the 05, 06 Bears. I covered defenses that didn't give up a lot of points, that took the ball away, that scored on defense. I work with guys that I covered, like Alex Brown and Lance Briggs, and Charles Tillman. I got the chance to watch Mike Brown. I look at this defense that the Bears have now, and I think that it has a chance to be as good as any Bears defense ever. No disrespect to 05-06. To no disrespect to 85. No disrespect to 63. These guys, on every level of their defense, have someone that makes plays. And they were good before they got Mac. Now that they have Mac, they're terrifying. I can't wait to watch the game again and just focus in. Think, think about what they did. Like, that defense, what did, they, what did Minnesota have? Two possessions? They had two possessions in the first half? Now, now, some of that is a byproduct of the offense that did a great job of just kind of holding them down. But even if we just take a look at, like, total plays. Total offensive plays for Minnesota was 58. And they were trailing most of the games. That says to me that teams are getting off the field. The Vikings were 5-for-13 on third down. They were held to 222 yards. They had the ball taken away three times. Kirk Cousins looked as confused is anybody, this drive chart is unbelievable. The amount of possession that the Bears had, it's insane. This is kind of an old old school stat. A lot of times people would look at the time of possession and be like, you show me the time of possession and I'll tell you who won the game. The game has changed. It's It's a different game now. Like, for example, you could win in time of possession against Patrick Mahomes and the Chiefs, and that's because they scored five touchdowns in seven minutes or whatever it is. But this was one of those times where you could look at this and it was 100% true. In the first quarter, the Bears possessed the ball 10 minutes and 18 seconds. That's crazy. Absolutely crazy. I mean, Here's the drive chart for Minnesota. It's so funny. First possession. Time received, 744. Time lost, 302. Time of possession, 442. How do they obtain the ball? Kickoff. How was the ball given up? Punt. Second possession. Time received, 1307 time loss 636 time of possession 631 how was the ball obtained punt how was the ball given up fumble and then the next time that they got the ball was the beginning of the third quarter how did that possession end fumble it was dominant this is okay here we go this is all of minnesota's possessions punt fumble fumble punt 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 Touchdown, downs, end of game. I'm no genius, but if that's how it goes down, you're losing. And you're losing badly. And that's what ended up happening to them. So shout out to the Bears defense. I know that's probably not where people expected the thing to go from considering what happened today. But I wanted to make sure that I spent ample time talking about the Bears' defense before we get to this, okay? All right, let's talk about this. Mr. Trubisky gets hit. He hurts his shoulder. He does not return. It's, it was a scary hit. The way that his arm moved, I wonder if it, it was a broken collarbone or a separated shoulder or whatever. But it didn't seem like it was a guy that was going to get back into the game. At all. And by the time that you hear this, maybe by Monday morning, you will know more about the status of Mitchell Trubisky going forward. I can't imagine, considering the travel to London, that he will play on Sunday. I don't care if his stuff comes back clean tomorrow. Knowing that you have to deal with a time change and everything else, every rep counts. And I can't have a... a, even somewhat hobbled quarterback going to go play in that game which you may have put on the the on your schedule as a sure W for the Bears. I don't think you can do that anymore. I think Oakland's played a little bit better than people expected. But I would be shocked if he was miraculously healed enough that with the the change in schedule and travel that he would be the starting quarterback on Sunday. Stranger things have happened, but I just don't see it. Chase Daniel played really, really well. And you expect that. That's p- part of the reason that you have him here. I don't think that you can win long-term with Chase Daniel as a quarterback. I just don't. Even with a great defense like the Bears have in front of him, I do think that he's limited. But here's what, what you need. You need him to do a job next week against Oakland. Things get rough in, after the bye. Like, the the bear schedule becomes really interesting after the bye. So you need this win against Oakland for sure. What I thought was interesting is after the game, Matt Nagy was talking about, you know, his confidence in Chase Daniel. And that's – there shouldn't be too much read into that because I just think that they're of the same mind in a lot of ways. But I felt as if – they could do more offensively because Daniel was quarterbacking. Now, that doesn't mean that he's better than Mitch, because I don't think he's better than Mitch. I truly don't. But in a season when your defense is great and wins, you've got to just try to stack as many as possible, and now the Bears have stacked three in a row. Are you better served by starting the quarterback that, has a deeper knowledge of the offense, even if he's not physically as gifted as the other quarterback. Like, I don't see Chase Daniel rallying a team if they are behind, if some bad things happen. I don't understand why Mike Zimmer didn't blitz more. I I was really surprised that they didn't try and really take it to them because it wasn't like the Bears were running the ball well. I was making fun of Dalvin Cook. David Montgomery averaged two and a half yards a carry, too. So they were stopping the run. I I don't understand why they didn't kind of go after him. And I know that this offense is predicated on being quick strike. You know, you get the ball out as quickly as possible. It's not like there's seven-step drops in there. There were a couple, though. I mean, there were a couple times where Chase went deep. But you got to get pressure in his face if you want to have any chance of winning. So we can... We can figure out more on this once we know what's up with Trubisky. But it looked as if, at least in the first half, maybe not so much in the second. And again, I'm looking forward to my my second watch where I can make some more pronouncements on this. That the offense ran more smoothly. And take that for what it's worth. I'm not saying that he's better. I'm just saying that from the eye test, it looked more smooth than it usually does. And if you have Chase Daniel win a game in London, what will be fan reaction? There was there was clearly energy in that building today. From no one wants Mitch to get hurt, but there was clearly energy in that building today when Chase Daniel came in. People were excited. And again, I think Mitch is better than him. But if the offense, if you can run more of your stuff and you can see more of what Negi can do to scheme an offense, then maybe you're better served in the short term for having him be the guy. I'm I'm not completely sure. But I did want you to hear Chase Daniel, not just his podium stuff because that was cool, but the stuff that he did with Mark Grody on BBM I thought was kind of dope. So, and he he uses a term in here that I think is going to become part of our football lexicon in Chicago. So here's a couple of minutes of Chase Daniel talking about what happened in the game today, including Mitch's injury on WBBM News Radio 780
1: and 105.9 FM. Sort of, uh, it was an interesting feeling. You know, I, I was literally right in front of Mitch when he went down, and wasn't sure what happened. I thought it was a concussion, to be honest with you, because he tried to get up a couple times, but. Um, you know you obviously knew right away that it was he was probably out for the game, and just went to go get my helmet. <clears throat> there was a defensive penalty I thought we were going to have time to warm up, but we didn't and uh we ended up driving and man it was it was great, it was a good win, it was a good team win. All right. Let's talk about some of of the plays. You, uh, I like to look at the plays that lead up to the scores. And you had the twenty five yard throw to Allen Robinson that ultimately led to the ten yard um, connection to Cohen. It looked like you found a wide open guy in Allen Robinson there. Yeah, yeah. Um, it, it didn't it didn't work exactly how we wanted it to because that play should score. <laughs> we thought it was going to score, um, but. Yeah, A Rod made a great play. Uh, it was a great play call and, and we were able to get down there and get in the red zone and you know it was one of our one scores touchdowns of the game, so it was it was good to get it. Then the touchdown to Tariq to Cohen, obviously big time playmaker. Did it feel good to get him going and what did you see on that play? Yeah, it's just it's just one of our staple plays and uh we, we thought in the red zone that they they play the certain coverage that they did. <laughs> Uh, and, and we liked the matchup 29 on, on Anthony Barr, so we were able to get that. We got the exact coverage that we wanted, and, and uh, he ran a little five-yard out route, gave him some jukies, and was able to score. Jukies. Um, second quarter, the fourth and three conversion to Anthony Miller. I think it was a five-yard five, five yard play right there, and Miller did a good job of getting open there. Yeah, yeah. Um, listen, we called that play because we thought that they were going to zero us out, bring pressure, and they ended up you know, playing seven in coverage, so that's one of our staple plays. Um, and A. Uh, Mill stepped up at a huge time that, that was able to, to keep really the clock in, uh, going in our possession. I think we had over you know, 32 minutes of time of possession, which is huge against a team like this. Last individual play, I wanted to ask you about the 37-yarder to Javon Wims. He put it up there, and that dude made a play, didn't he? Yeah, he made a heck of a play. It wasn't a great throw. I want that throw back because I, if I let it go out there, he scores. Um, but um, you know, in these conditions and this and this uh, environment at home, that was a huge play. That was a good play for him. Uh, that was a trust builder for me with him, and he went up and, and made a play. You seemed supremely confident. You were. It seemed like you were enjoying, and engaging the crowd at the end. What were you feeling? I mean, you know, you never know when you are going to get an opportunity to go out there. Um, you know, I've had few and far between. So every time I get out there, I am going to try to enjoy it. Especially, I mean, this is one of my first starts at home uh, of all of my career. So to go out there in a home crowd, we're winning division game, rough, tough. It's rainy, the weather. We're running the football, playing a division rival. They know us, we know them. So to get a win, I just, I just wanted to hear the crowd, and they responded. This year, congrats, Chase. Good game for you guys. And three and one, I guess that's pretty important heading into uh, to London next week. Yeah, yeah, we're excited. We're excited about that in the in the first quarter of the season, three and one, um, and uh, we'll just keep fighting.
0: Jukies, that's a good word, man. I think I'm gonna start using that. I think I'm gonna put that in. So this is gonna be an interesting week for the Bears. We have to find out. You know, Mike Davis. I heard his father passed away, and that's why he was inactive today. But there's still a mystery as to what's up with Roquan, so the, maybe we'll find that out this week and what was going on with him. Hopefully, I I always hope for that it's something great. Like, if it's a personal reason, my hope is that he was up all night because his wife had a baby, and then he couldn't play. Like, that sort of thing. But hopefully we'll find out more about that, and we should find out more about Mitchell Trubisky tomorrow and, and throughout the week as they get ready for this trip to London, which is an important game, but... The Bears finished the first quarter of the season 3-1. and one. And considering the way that, that that Packers game looked, that is phenomenal. Now they embark on the second quarter of the season, and, and we'll see what Oakland looks like up close. I know someone who's going to be ready, and that's Khalil Mack. He is going to be fired up. And that guy is good when he's not fired up. So can you imagine when he turns it up to 11 He's going to do that. So thanks for listening to Loho Dailing. I appreciate it. Thank you so much. I'll have more stuff. My God, like there's all sorts of stuff for me to talk about on the show this week. I'm on every day noon to two on the score. But the Bears story swallowed up the Joe Madden story. I got to talk about that this week on the podcast and on the show. The Chase Daniel stuff. Baseball's going, getting ready to go into the playoffs. But I appreciate you uh, making me your choice for this postgame pod Thanks for listening, and I will have something new for you tomorrow after I go back and look through the tape. Have a wonderful, wonderful rest of your day.